Obsession with Jill and Paul on July 12th, 2018. Let's take two nice deep breaths, please. Okay. Oh, dear brother. As the pieces of truth and light in this reality are coming together, more seamlessly, more harmoniously, more authentically, you will feel your natural leadership role and your official leadership role feel more graceful, more joy-filled, more intuitive, more natural, while keeping intact that beautiful, sacred, divine humility that you have. That humility gives you the space for other sacredness. That's what you're naturally looking for in every interaction is a connection of sacred union, sacred connection, sacred support that's mutual. And as you know, that is a rare thing to experience in this reality. But with your leadership role and your expectation of what it, what it could be like, and what it has been like in other timelines, you actually make a platform. It's like a step for others to step onto no matter where they are in their vibrational range, no matter where they are in their beliefs, their truths, their ideologies, their sense of self. So what you will notice more and more with uh, clearer evidence to you is that when you interact with anyone, you are getting a version of them that they didn't otherwise know, that they wouldn't recognize in themselves. So the, the kind of cliche of bringing out the best in people, uh, that doesn't even begin to describe what we're, what we're kind of wanting to uh, bring your attention to. So, wow, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Oh, it's so okay. I really do. Oh, wow. oh, oh, what an amazing starter right there. They just went right in for that. And I love it. And let's just kind of feel that for a minute. Just the, this is about your vibrational range. This is about who you are as a soul and what you came in here into this reality to be and embody. Um, it's just, you know, when I, when I hear what they just said, and when I, when I look at what I know about you and I look at the different um, official human roles that you have as Paul, I'm just like, it's like shoulder to, I'm just like nudging you like, good job, brother. I mean, like you set this up really well and it wasn't done for you. So the structures may have been there, but you stepped right into it with your Paulness. And this is so exciting. Wow. That is incredible. And I really like um, that sort of a mention of humility and yeah. the sacredness of connection because um, I was thinking about our last session and our discussion on honor and myself um, maybe honoring myself more and I, I, I really was looking for that balance between honor and humility. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. Okay, let me see. They want to, let me just cough here for a second. There's another part to this here. Let me go get it for us. Ah, there it is. Okay.
so as as you know what we've described in that scenario you are the one that's holding um the space the energetic space the energetic structure for that kind of encounter so we want to continue to encourage you and you do this so well but we just want to want to make sure it's still in that beautiful storyline of paul where you need solitude where you need not maybe need is maybe the right word jill but where you desire um, your own inner sanctuary or in nature or your own adventures or you know some of your adventures are adventures of the mind adventures of curiosity and what about this and what about that it's that's very relaxing uh, restoring fulfilling for you and it, it doesn't have to do okay this is important Joe. what we're describing in terms of the inner sanctuary and making sure that you honor that in yourself when you need time for Paul notice that that kind of reflection that we're describing here in a in a sanctuary sort of version of paul it isn't based on other people's questions of you it's not based on what they need what they want what they're asking for insights it's you and your curiosities what you're wondering about what you'd like to explore what you're considering that's a that there's a very distinguishing uh, characteristic we're trying to describe here. Oh, and Jill's not going to be happy with the way the words come out, but let's just play with this. Let's think of it as zone A and zone B. Zone A is in service to others. You'll explore things or you'll, you'll consider things. Zone A tends to be um, if you will, like a draw on the bank account, kind of a depletion of your energy in some ways. You're built very well for it, so it's not a problem. Zone B is what you do because you like to do it, and that is adding to the bank account. It's restorative to your energy field. So you, you already have, in our view, a very wonderful practice of balancing between the zone A and the zone B, and we're just asking that as you're as you're offering this this upgraded level of of sacred energy with your with your tribe with your peers um with all the ways that you support this world friends family whatever that you are maybe adding more time and energy to zone b to balance it out i just really love that um, you know um that um mention of solitude i you know, I, I, I lately have been sort of taking a bit more time to um, do that. I, um, I, I, um, I sort of remember a, a discussion we had about Jesus and his need to have solitude. And I, I thought of, um, you know, I, sometimes I feel guilty for taking that time for zone B, mm. um, thinking that, you know, it's, Isolating, uh, isolating myself or disconnecting myself from, um, let's say, zone A. Yes. But um, I, 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 I really like that because it, it sort of gets rid of sort of uh, certain notions of guilt or selfishness right. and yes. things like that. That's now, beautiful. Thank. You're welcome. Now, Jill is asking, wouldn't it be the opposite? Given that we're describing a level of grace. 
with this zone A um, upgrade, wouldn't it be that you're drained less by the process? And over time, that could be the case. But the fact is that what we're trying to describe is that you are offering another level of sacred relationship, sacred harmony, um, tribal function in such a cosmic, cosmically divine way that it, it, from our perspective, our expectation, and you could surprise us in a pleasant way. You do that a lot. <clears throat> but our expectation is that initially, because you are the one offering that upgraded platform, it could feel depletive to you. Okay. Okay. Nice. I, I just love that. I, I, I do. Wow. Sorry, it's me. I'm just letting Samson out right there. Paul, oh my God, I love where your team is at today. <laughs> I love it too. Oh, it just feels so good. Okay, let's relax our shoulders right here, please. <laughs> your team is laughing and saying, ten, not even 10 minutes in, now what? <laughs> so I'm guessing that you have some pretty interesting topics, and I want to make sure that we leave time for those because... I notice that sometimes with the questions that you ask, it's a it's a beautiful open door to a whole other wing of the house here in terms of material available. Um, but before we do that, there are some other things that we want to talk about. Okay. Uh, on more of a global kind of weather report, <laughs> if you will, sort of level. Um, Okay, hang on. We're going to adjust Jill so she can grab this. On a world leader stage, there is growing awareness of unsustainable decisions, unsustainable alliances, and that could make things feel very awkward for even the next one to two years. Again, this is on a global, big picture level in terms of humanity, global leaders, things like that. Now, what we mean by unsustainable is that there's a almost like an intellectual dishonesty of maybe a country even saying they're, they're uh, for this and against that but yet the decisions that they've made and the alliances, the partnerships that they've, they've inked in contract are totally at odds with their stated philosophy of who and what they are as a country. Okay? Wow. Okay. So those have been uh, politely ignored, diplomatically um, not addressed, right? But, but those at that highest level of, of uh, maybe friends with the world leaders, they know what, the, what those fellow leaders are saying publicly, and they also have visibility to what they're actually doing in terms of, again, business decisions, um, you know, uh, country alliances, region affiliations, those sorts of things. And they've, they've seen the hypocrisy and they probably know that they have a degree of it themselves. So no one talks about it publicly. So something very important happened yesterday, the day before the eclipse, and that's not a coincidence. 
the NATO summit is going on right now. And what we, um, <laughs> what we cleverly inserted on Jill's radar from um, a podcast that she listens to occasionally, but she hadn't for weeks, was a word-for-word, unedited account of what happened at a, it was a breakfast meeting between the NATO leaders where the U, the current U.S. President Trump actually talked about the elephant in the room. In the case of Germany, saying that it was, you know, worried about Russia and, you know, all of these things, um, trying to align the NATO forces so that they were protected against Putin's influence, etc. And what Trump laid out on the table, which has been either in the works or um, on the books for at least a decade, is Germany's reliance on Russian oil and Russian pipelines to, um, for its basically energy needs as a country. Uh-huh. So what Trump is doing is putting a spotlight on the things that those leaders don't talk about publicly. The fact that he did it in front of the press is very interesting. Because what he's saying to the other world leaders is, I'm not going to follow your rules. This this won't work. This isn't right. Now, is <laughs> is Trump the example example of honesty and uh, and uh, you know integrity? Oh, certainly not. But he recognizes hypocrisy when he sees it. It's easier for him to see it in others versus himself. But he actually does have a natural gift for this is what I believe, and therefore these other decisions should support that. He's actually very naturally, uh, I want to say soulfully talented about that. So where he sees others not doing that, yes, it looks selfish and bombastic and incredibly arrogant, but there's another version of it, another perspective And that's that he's saying, look, if we're really going to be partners, I can't trust you. We've got a we've got a a break in the dam here that you're saying one thing. We're we're trying to align ourselves against a leader that as an as an as a NATO force, we disagree with. And here you are with one of your inherent infrastructure items reliant upon that supposed enemy. Wow. Okay. Okay. So there is a, it's more than a silver lining. It's a, it's a huge upside to what he's doing. And we wanted to point out that sort of, uh, Jill's getting goosebumps as she's talking about this. This is important because again, previous world leaders, previous U.S. administration, Trudeau, et cetera, they all knew that this was going on and nobody talks about it because Germany is their friend. Okay. Wow, that's so fascinating. I mean, does that represent a shift? I mean, like that huge, call, um, for huge shift. Of the elephant in the room. Yeah, huge shift, huge shift. Um, I mean, talk about awkward, right? Um, in terms of everybody, just I mean, that's so for all the the anxiety and displeasure that many have with the U.S., the current U.S. president. The role that he's playing, no one else could play. Well, okay. We, we can't even imagine any other world leader having the sense of independent thought 
and some level of um, maybe it's it's not character integrity, but it's idea integrity is probably the right term to use here. He sees that lack of integrity and and he's like, no, 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 we're all we could all fail from that. Okay. So his reasoning at a soul level is we've got to figure this out. But it doesn't come across that way, and it's it's certainly not interpreted that way. But so we wanted to offer that that this yesterday was huge. Now what happens here? There's a whole bunch of different scenarios, but <clears throat> one scenario that we'd like to point out. Hang on. <coughs> one scenario. Oh, hang on. Let's let Joe get a drink of water here. <clears throat> One scenario that we'd like to point out is that by 2025, 2028, which actually isn't isn't that far out, right? That's just uh-huh. right on the right on the doorstep if you really look at the big picture. Is that there's a level of intellectual honesty with diplomatic relations and foreign relations and country leadership holding itself more accountable for its own desire to be of integrity and is are our policies that we state publicly a match for what we're actually doing that's huge it's huge because there's been a a very generous uh, gap there that they all offered each other because the, here's the thing, Paul. Who else is going to call him out on it? It's not going to be Russia. Yeah. Right? So we don't look at um, the different countries and the world leaders as good guys and bad guys. But that's that's the common approach in humanity right now, right? There's there's such a wide spectrum of, of um, positive upward spiraling tendencies in not just countries, but in world leaders. And within the same individual, there can be a very downward spiraling uh, layer to them or version of them and what you get in humanness is is that collection it's that weird mismatch so that's another oh that's related to that whole oh, Harvey Weinstein and um, and the whole Me Too movement is this problem that we see humanity is going to face in it doesn't it's not that easy to identify the good guys and the bad guys and humanity is so much more complex and dynamic than that. Um, that one is a harder nut to crack because the current system of modern humanity, if you will, the industrialized nations, etc., is to maybe it's because of the complexity, but there's a desire of humans for themselves even to want to kind of dumb everything down and oversimplify things. Um, but when you try to oversimplify humanity or humans in general, you you miss out on the robustness, the richness, the unpredictability, and the confusing interacting layers of any one human. So this uh, this this fairy tale temptation of the, of the good guys and the bad guys, um, it's it's not so simple. And we we love to play with that with Jill because she and this is what you and she have in common, which is why we're talking about it with you. There's actually a, a delight that each of you have in being honest with yourself about how, how rich and dynamic each human actually is, regardless of what, you know, the, their, uh, their label has been about, oh, they're the good guy or they're the bad guy. It's a, 
it's a much richer kind of investigation when you really when you really kind of dig in and there's um it's like the novel that you don't want an ending to because it's just so good and so unpredictable with lots of twists and turns that's how we that's how we look at every single human yeah 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 fascinating i mean i just um you know i obviously value uh your sharings and um that's sort of uh, not that point of not as simple as good guys bad guys and uh, getting into the nitty-gritty of things and your your mention of um things changing with this new sort of architecture that we have the subject i was thinking that you approached with gun control in one of your podcasts Mm. and you had a way of just really putting that forward in a way, and I know you took some hard hits on that, uh, yeah. social media and whatever, but it it lends itself to uh, question certain paradigms that people typically adopt. Yes. Wow. That tend to be overly simplified. That's the that's probably the biggest warning sign. Is 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 the policy or is the idea automatically labeled as well, that's a good idea or that's a bad idea. It's it's never that simple. Yeah. There's yeah. always the gray area. And see, as a as a leader, publicly an official leader and an unofficial leadership archetype, you guys can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. But related to this, and then we'll we'll shift gears into what you want to talk about. But hopefully, <laughs> it's fun to talk to you because we uh we we love the opportunity to share with you in your sessions, things that are of a more global genre, um, because it does, uh, it offers a lot of sacred energy to these future timelines. So thank you for um, giving us that permission. But the other layer here related to the individuality, and Jill's going to have to go back and get this because now she prefaced it and she lost it. Hang on. (laughs) Okay, give me a minute here, or maybe it's not important. No, they're nodding and saying it is. Okay, hang on. Ah, okay, got it. Okay. So when we were talking about that zone A part, Paul, that's part of that sacredness is that with every individual that you meet with or every group that you meet with, you know there's an upward spiraling component either already on board or possible. Okay. Okay, Hmm. and that, and you recognize the other. Oh, thank you. I didn't, I didn't want to go there, but they're right. The richness is also in the potentially downward spiraling, self-sabotaging or or uh, group sabotaging behavior that can happen. Your, I want to say, acknowledgement about that is actually what gives it that bigger sacred platform. Wow, that, that seems to have quite a bit in, of integrity to take that into account. Yes. Wow, okay. Wow. <laughs> I mean, this, in terms of timelines, I mean, just, I mean, play with this for a moment here, brother. Can you imagine a timeline where every single person that's incarcerated, every single person that's been cast off by society as you're bad, we can't trust you, is instead maybe safely sequestered, right? Safely for, out of respect for the rest of the group, but handled managed, monitored, supported, and how can we help you identify, explore, and expand what we know is upward spiraling tendencies in you? 
for your benefit and the benefit of everybody else? That's so relevant to some of the recent things I've been working on. Oh, yay. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. And then related to just, you know, general education of young people, too, and the ongoing experiences with adults. What do we do when we recognize within ourselves these downward spiraling tendencies? Mm-hmm. Right. What do we do with that? Are we there with the love and the grace and the sense of, whoa, 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 I got to I got to take responsibility for this. Right. Um, but I wrote. You know, let me let Samson in. Sorry about that. Um, there was a. Okay. This there was a download that they gave me as Jill on Father's Day, and it was weird how I it's kind of odd how I threw it in there, but I had a Father's Day post and then I talked about this. Um and you are on Facebook, Paul, in one way, right? So you could go yeah. look at it. Okay, so go look for the the US Father's Day was June, I think it was like June 8th or something. And you may want to look at that because it was talking about the whole like Bill Cosby thing. Do you know who Bill Cosby is? Yeah. Okay. That whole idea of, I just have a hard time imagining you watching TV (laughs) because I'm a TV, I like TV. Anyway, just like, does Paul watch TV? Does he know about the Cosby show? (laughs) Um, But that, that idea that we're automatically all of a sudden just saying, oh, now that we know that he had this other side to his life, now we don't want anything to do with him. But yet, for decades, this man made us laugh. Yeah. I mean, his stand-up comedy, his HBO specials, I remember as a, like a 10-year-old, really enjoying his comedy. So, so now we just throw it all out. And a kind of a mini-download was, this is going to be a problem for, for, it's like you guys, if you will, all of us as humanity, if we continue this pattern of throwing out the upward spiraling components of somebody because we've identified that they have a downward spiraling component. Wow. Okay. I, I, I love that. I, I, I love that sort of integrated approach. Yeah. All yeah. right. Okay. So, Paul, <laughs> what did you want to talk about today? Wow. I just love that. And oh, I just love our sessions. Um, I, I, I was curious about um, sort of, uh, you know, I, I've been speaking a lot lately, publicly, um, in various forms, um, child welfare, restorative justice, um, uh, the criminal justice system, and um, there was an event that I had to speak at, it it was sort of on the solstice, uh, which is Aboriginal Day here in Canada, and it, it involved a, a ceremony uh, involving a celebration of a, an innovative uh, court uh, It probably doesn't exist anywhere else in the country. And, you know, I, I, I was happy with, you know, what I had to say. I mean, there was a lot of dignitaries there and people. Um, but the unique thing about that was, and it started, you know, the day before the solstice, and... It really, um, I'm glad I got through my speech, but afterwards, you know, I, I, I was pretty sick. I, I had a stomach thing, and um, that night on, you know, the solstice, um, yeah, it was kind of rough for me, you know. Um, I don't want to get into the details of it, but, you know, a lot of, um, you know, throwing up and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I started... Once again, feeling these 
spider webs, you know, um, as I'm in the process of, um, you know, um, trying to maybe courage or, or, you know, uh, in the midst of being sick. And I was wondering, um, is there any, was there anything to that uh, sort of uh, thing that happened to me on the solstice? Yes. Let's talk about the spider webs. Okay. Sure thing. Were they on your face? Yes, they were on my face, but also I could feel it sort of going around my whole body as well. Okay, like a cocoon almost. Okay. Yeah. Or a spider casing. Okay. So what's happening there, the way that we've described it to Jill, because he's she's had sensations like that too, where it, it feels like, you know, that season where you're walking around and it seems like there's cobwebs just kind of floating in the air. And you can almost like walk into one and you kind of, you feel it tangibly where you almost feel like you have to flick it off your face. Um, that experience that you describe when it's not a real spider web, it's, it's like an energetic realization, an energetic experience of veils thinning and shedding away. The, the spider, the interpretation of the mind is that it's outside of you, right? But as, as you know, we've shared with Joe before, that the true unveiling isn't, isn't the human to the outside world, it's the human within itself. So the unveiling um, doesn't mean automatic knowledge or, you know, euphoria or any of those things, but it's uncovering, we want to say, the wider range of energies that are available to you. So the fact that it happened on the solstice is, of course, perfect. <laughs> how sacred, how synchronous is that? And we're sorry that it accompanied some other physical maladies. Um, it's related to, it's both a cause and an effect, though, of this, this sign of expansion. Because the range of energy, when you look at it like a piano keyboard, right, is expanding for you. Well, you are expanding it. We, yeah, we're going to intentionally un rewind the words, it's expanding for you, because that implies that some, something else is doing it for you and you have no role in it. You're just a passive participant. But that's not what's happening. You are expanding your vibrational layers by who, what you naturally are as Paul and in conjunction with the energy profile of who and what you are in this reality. So your, your desire, your dedication... You're allowing, right, of that natural expanded role that you are to to be with you. And this it's almost like a like a timed thing in a way, too, because you with your higher self and and human Paul, you timed it in a way that that the physical maladies can. Um, oh, there's a lot of layers to this. Let's let's pick the ones that are most important. Um, there are ways that by physically feeling ill or actually being ill, you know, fever, etc., that there is a rewiring that can occur there that's for the benefit of your expanded range of energies. Nice. Okay. Okay. The other, the other part of it, we're just going to throw this in, sorry to interrupt, is that when you are ill, you tend to go into zone B, right? Not a joyful version of zone B, um, but a forced version, version of, of zone B where you have to take care of yourself. Now, what's interesting is that Jill in many ways had a version of that from, um, the March, the March equinox until like mid-May, 
her bronchitis, all of that stuff. Now, she was still doing probably more than we would have liked her to do in zone A, but her zone B was was necessary because she, you know, this bronchitis and all the other nonsense that she was dealing with physically. Okay. Okay. No, Does, thank you for that. That's, oh, I, I really like the way that was explained. You're welcome. Paul, does that work for you in terms of the, does it help make sense of, of what was going on there? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Was it just a day that you were feeling icky? Yeah, and, you know, the following day, I mean, uh, but I, I, I recovered quickly, you know, yeah. in a couple of days, which Perfect. I was Nice job. Yeah, you're like a new man in a lot of ways. And do you feel very different than you did a month ago? I do. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I do, you know, and I, um, certainly, I mean, uh, you know, and I, I try not to break it down in terms of how or yeah, what good. or why, good and I just sort of just try to go with it yeah. and um, adjust accordingly, but yeah, great. Wow. Wow. <laughs> nice. Um, maybe I'll uh, shift into another uh, question. I know we had previous discussions about my... Um, my desire to, at least, you know, within the province I live in, Nova Scotia, to um, actively seek out places that have some sort of energetic, um, sort of, um, oh, yeah. like hot spots. Yep. or nature. Yeah. And it just so happened, along with being of isolation, I, I like to, um, you know, at times coming from meetings, go for a drive, you know, off the beaten path and be around nature, be around water, and um, there's a certain part of the province that I like going to, and, you know, a friend of mine, you know, another uh, Mi'kmaq person from another Mi'kmaq community, his grandmother told him uh, regarding a certain place in the province, it's um, sort of on the western tip to the north a bit, um, she would refer to this area as, this is where the old ones live, and I always felt a certain presence there that I, I liked and similar to him as well and I, I would you know I, I'd love to just get out of the car and maybe trespass on some property just to check it out and see some areas and and it just so happened like I, I you know I used to do this to a particular piece and I didn't realize that it was for sale later I recognized the sign and I, I was just blown away that it was for sale and I just believe I got it for a really good price. Um, I'm in the process of closing on it and it's, you know, I'm about 500 meters of um, beachfront and it's this incredible river uh, running to one side of it and you can see these, uh, it, it's quite tidal so you can see these rocks, you know, on the coastline and it's this beautiful spot, you know, in between this wilderness area. And I, I was wondering if you're able to maybe read in a bit about uh, this, uh, you know, the energetics of this piece of property. Okay. Um, the minute you started describing it, Jill said, sounds like zone B. And we're right. Okay. Okay. So that part is beautiful. Now, in terms of the energetics, it is a very sacred spot. What you may be surprised about is that it's not a sacred spot for everybody. There is an individuality of sacredness um, regarding 
geolocation that is sacred for some and just neutral to others. There's some that are very sensitive in their energy fields and they actually feel negative in certain energetic uh, patterns that are available in certain places of earth, not even human based energy patterns, but even Gaia based um, vortices, etc. This is a happy place for you. Now, you tend to be one of those people that your happy place is wherever Paul is, and we love that choice, right? That's a very durable leadership archetype type archetype that you are. And that's wonderful that you uh, set your, that you uh, uh, wired yourself that way. There is a very exciting yet soothing um, dynamic, right, with the, the tidal forces and the, and the rocks and that sort of thing. It's very dynamic and, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, like monumental, majestic, like, oh, like when the, in the, in the movie where something important is about to happen that, that is good. It's like the, you know, the, really the orchestra, the background music, like really drums up, right? <laughs> there's that component to it. And yet there's a very soothing, you know, let's just sit here and relax. Let's just sit here and reflect, contemplate, right? The world and ourselves and light and whatever. Um, oh. So the, the not, it's not juxtaposing either. It's very harmonious. And the fact that you have, you have all of that, all of that, uh, all of those orchestral pieces going on on this land is so well suited to you. Oh, I just love that. Thank yeah, you. it's really cool. Yeah. Oh, Paul, congratulations. Oh, I, I'm just waiting for uh, the show. I'm just so excited about it. And the price, I mean, like, it, it... It's a crazy price you got. I mean, it's almost, yeah, that <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Oh, um, you're welcome. Probably the next area, you know, um, uh, you know, it deals with UFOs, and within the last month, I saw on two occasions uh, UFOs. Um, uh, one on uh, June 12th, uh, here in my place in Maitland, just, you know, uh, coming across uh, almost right in front of me. Um, I mean, like, just not high, and, you know, the typical thing, a lot of lights, you know, not a propeller sound, more like a humming sound, and, you know, just... Uh, a craft can't have that too many, too many lights. It must break so many aviation laws or whatever. Um, and then later on July 4th, here in Maitland again, I, I saw, uh, you know, another ship, a um, lot of lights on it. And, you know, I said, it's got to be. And then I started questioning myself and saying, I wish it would do something to prove, you know, give me proof. And sure enough, you know, it just, within an instant, just flashed and it was gone, you know, um, <laughs> nothing was around, and, you know, I, I you know, on one, the previous occasion on, uh, you know, June 12th, I, I, when I was looking at the craft, I sort of felt like a, almost like a transmission or an upgrade or something of that. Mm, nice. I, I'm curious about that, Jill, if that's, you know, the case or definitely these are definitely now and there's a range here right of experiences that can happen some have a negative experience like that and there's the positive version of the experience there 
for you, it was a, an activation of, of, of the glorious kind, is what they're saying, um, where it never underestimate the power of these very supernatural experiences and the effects they can have on you. Okay. So, so did you call it in? I mean, and I love how you don't even ask that question. You, whatever was there, you allowed it to be something supernatural, um, spectacular, and supportive for you as Paul. Now, the fact that it was June 12th, which is more than a week prior to the June solstice, is perfect. Because it's almost like like a chef being handed the special ingredients, you know, a week before preparation of the meal, and they're, they're stable ingredients that aren't going to, you know, spoil. Um, there's a there's a sequence to how that happened for you. Wow. Okay. Oh, and by the way, related to the the a couple questions or three questions ago, I think related to the cobwebs, and that that's uh, almost like an indicator of your expanding another level of expansion in terms of your frequency range, right? That is very much. Uh, we want to say the result of the um, increase in speaking and more you being this cosmic version, cosmic leader, Paul, that you have allowed and trusted and desired to be. You're doing that more openly and with these, you know, public uh, speaking engagements, etc., has actually fostered this sense of, well, if you're going to use all this wonderful energy in this glorious way, why not have more? <laughs> I love that. I, I right? do. It's a, it's a perfect system that, that you all have set up here because there's another um, maybe less informed version of expansion and consciousness growth, etc., where some people, they want a whole bunch more, but they're not using what they already know. They're not using the energy range that they already have in a, if you will, relevant, meaningful, valuable way. They just, it's almost like squirrels gathering a whole bunch of nuts and they can't even hold any more nuts. They couldn't bury any more either, but they still want more because they, they're still waiting for some sort of tipping point of, okay, now I'm ready. Okay, that's, that's very helpful. Yeah. Wow. I just love the way that came through, John. Me too, me too. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're on a, um, we're on an extra extra level of cosmic role here today, you and I, Paul. I love it. And there's you know, just, and there's a soul, oh, there's I'm a scary. there's a, a eclipse today, right? I heard that there's an eclipse, so I'm not I'm not surprised that you and I are meeting today. Yes, yes, the partial I think solar eclipse. Um, wow, that? Oh yeah. Um, I guess another thing I was thinking about, I always like to try to, uh, through our sessions and um, sharing, you know, just tap into um, my community and just to check in with how everyone is doing. I, I you know, um, I, I recall a previous discussion where you described my role and one of the words you used is stewardship, which I really just... Um, value and um, I've been thinking about that as it relates to community and I'm just curious if um, you might have a certain insights on the pulse of a, my community community the community of Bakunke. Okay. 
when we're looking at your community, there's there's a wonderful swirling sort of going on. It is like a like a gentle whirlpool as it gains momentum. There's some interesting reflection going on on one one level of the, the swirling and twirling. Um, there's a there's a subset that's a little a, a little anxious about change. Um, that's normal, right? Okay. But the sense of there's an overall sense that that we're seeing here of positivity and optimism. Um, and that's wonderful to have not only right now, that's wonderful to have any now. Um, it, yeah, that, that sense of hopefulness um, that things can get better. And that's, it's wonderful to know that that's there and to do what you can to foster it. Okay. That's wonderful. I, yeah, I just love that. The, um, the other part, Bob, part of the swirling here is related to a significant shift that's been happening, and you and I have talked about it, I know, um, but about personal responsibility and personal responsibility within a tribe and, and you know, shifting away from this sort of woe's me, victimized, everybody's a victim, what are you victimized by, you know, what are you sharing of war stories that you never heal from, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that sense of personal authority has been such an exciting upgrade for a lot of folks. I just love that, Joe. I mean, okay. Yeah. I, I, I do, because that, for me, is like an important piece to, um, you know, um, community growth and transformation. Yeah. It's that individual authority yes. and, you know, responsibility. Yeah. And, you know, oh. has, that structure has a lot of integrity to it. Yes. And it's such a, it's such a powerful place to start. Whether you are a teacher hearing a student complain, a principal, administrator hearing um, one of your staff complain, a parent with a child, a spouse with its with the partner, um, a tribal leader with its community, an attorney with a client, everybody, when it starts with a complaint of I'm having this problem, the most empowering thing that person in that role can say is, what are you thinking you want to do about it? Yeah, rather than shifting over to, yeah, like a, a victim or... Yeah, because the savior energy in is what we're going to call it, is is feeding the ego of that person that does have uh, officially more authority, right? More responsibility. So when you hand that back to the individual to make sure they're, they're feeling and um, uh, that you are respecting their authority, right? Because that that hero ego of a person that is in a position of, of uh, technical authority, if you will, right? They yeah. often uh, are fed by this idea of being needed. So it's not, for many in that, in that type of flavor of, of authority, it's not their natural temptation to give the authority back. It's their natural temptation to feel all puffed up and important um, in a negative way, by the way of, oh, I can fix this for them. Wow, okay. Yeah, that's, that's really important. 
mean, so to respect that, right? It, with these yeah. fellow leaders of now, it's it's very honest and very uh, real to say. Now I know when when you know your child comes to you this way, or your student comes to you this way, or your teacher comes to you this way, if you're a principal, administrative, whatever. Some of us have a natural reaction of "Yay, I'm needed," and oh. it's important to to give that part of us a hug because that's a well. You'd use different words, obviously, in your position, but you know what I'm saying. To yeah. honor that part of ourselves that wants to help, but realize that that if the model is I can help you where you can't help yourself, and I'm not going to start with where you could improve, where you know what your ideas are for what you want to do about the situation. You know, that you're deprived. It's creating an unsustainable imbalance of of authority and lack of authority. And what a whole every community, no matter what shape, form, or variety is improved when every single one of its members has a sense of their own divine authority for themselves, their own human journey, their own humanness. Oh, and we've gotten, we've gotten totally away from that. So, you oh. know, Jill's whole wheelhouse and you and she have this in common is restoring humanity sovereignty. No matter uh, age, no matter degree, no matter official role, no matter what, that every single human feels a sense of personal authority for themselves. And that, you know, there's no, then it's, so yes, Earth is unsafe by definition. So what, what could happen, and this would be a positive silver lining here, is that the complaining lessons, because why complain about a storm, right? There's going to be storms. It's what are you doing to prepare for the storms and what are you doing when there has been a storm that you couldn't have prepared for? Where is the sense of personal responsibility for yourself, your family, your belongings, etc.? Why, why, why is it? And we know why, but there's been this broken, unsustainable system of somebody else needs to fix this. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that. And it sort of relates to another um, sort of thing that... Um, that, that theme of divine authority, personal authority, personal responsibility, inherent sovereignty. Um, you know, we're, we're in the community, we're um, initiating a community Wi-Fi project where we'll provide, you know, uh, free internet to all the households in the community. And part of that involves a radio station um, in one of the towers. and. We're going to have a community radio station, and I was thinking of, you know, I have a prime opportunity to interview um, many leaders, um, mm. and I, that theme of inherent sovereignty and divine authority, personal responsibility is a theme I want to explore with these uh, leaders, mm. and to sort of share that uh, to the radio station and, uh, you know, with these interviews. Um, any, any, um, any thoughts on that, uh, Jill, from my yeah. team? Um, so I just want to tell you what's happening here is that some of the fellow elders of your, your uh, genetic tribe are actually stepping forward for this part. I can, I can feel them smiling um, as you're talking about this. So let me just let their spokesperson come forward here. What a perfect topic for the community that where you're going with this brother, because what we as a tribe have always 
um, it's been a tradition of ours, a cultural tradition of embracing and looking for that sacred authority within our fellow tribe members, regardless of their age. Okay. So that that's something that, that we as a people, um, a, a genetic uh, disposition, if you will, have, have had as a part of our culture is the sense of harmony and that every that every human matters, um, that every human has value, not just when they are when they're in a you know certain role or when they're graduated or whatever. It's from birth by birth uh, that there's a sense of this is hey there's it's like with every birth there was a celebration of what will this beautiful being you know bring to our community, not in a in a you know feeding off of them but in, a, in an inherent gloriousness of we all benefit from each other. Oh, I, I, I love that. Oh, it's so, it, it's so special when it works that way. And other cultures have um, maybe have less of a, a natural connection with that idea. Um, oh. Anyway, yeah, so it's uh, different cultures are, are better at it than others. Okay. I, I, I love how, you know, like, you know, the elders sort of stepped forward and, you know, provided that. It's just, oh, it's just so beautiful. It's exciting. It's a great oh, place wow. to, uh, to start a new story in terms of a tribe and where do we go from here? question I, I sort of want to, you know, and it sort of relates to what we discussed, you know, uh, somewhat in the beginning, um, when we were talking about political, stru political structures that were, that are unsustainable and, you know, um, and questions of principles and integrity and related to what is provided publicly. Uh, you know, I, last night I was having a bit of discussion with a dear, a couple dear friends where we were. I was explaining to him sort of my, some of the roles I played within the collect, larger collective of uh, chief uh, meetings. Mm. And, you know, the dynamics of uh, politics and, you know, maybe unsustainable positions at times and, you know, at times, you know, really questioning things. You know, um, it's always good to question and, and have a healthy dialogue uh, before setting a, a future direction or course, and as I was having the, that dialogue um, with them, um, this was last night, uh, one of the people, uh, one of the dear friend that was quite intuitive, when I was speaking about that, um, he described a, a bear, you know, um, sort of appeared above my head and sort of, um, sort of was sort of three-dimensionally sort of uh, moving around uh, on uh, sort of like the top of my head. So, I, you know, there, there probably I was thinking was a message there uh, from uh, the bear. Um, are you able to tap into that a bit, Joe? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so 
I love it that the other person was able to pick up on that energy. And there, there's so, I mean, symbolically, especially for you, the bear is about independence, right? The bear is not a, not a community animal in the same way. There's, they're very solitary. Um, and they can overreact in certain circumstances. Um, but, but that's not your, you have a lot of other, uh, forces going on that, that where you're not that version of the bear, but the independent spirit, the resilience, the personal authority, right? Bear doesn't ask for permission. Bear is at a, a, a very authoritative, authoritative level of the, if you will, even the food chain and everybody knows it. <laughs> so oh. there's a, there's an automatic respect that it's, that it's given instinctively by others, right? Uh Um, And it doesn't have to be out of fear. It can be out of respect. I love that. I do. I mean, they all, I mean, think about it. The the bear is a vegetarian, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it will harm you if it, if it feels threatened or whatever, but that it's not going to eat them, right? Um, but so, yeah, that's very interesting. Oh, hang on. This is so beautiful. Cause now I feel the bear actually, uh, like a bear energy actually coming forward. The reason that the reason that that person picked up on that energy within you from an am- animal symbolism uh, perspective is that I, as the bear, I don't want to use my authority to, you know, snuff somebody out or even harm anybody. I'm, I have the capacity to cause harm, but that's not, that's not, I don't take pleasure in that. Um, it's a, it's, and I, I do like to be on my own. <laughs> I, just, I just want to eat and, and enjoy my, my solitary life in a lot of ways. And sometimes when I am with others, um, I, I, I can overreact. My instincts kick in and, you know, misjudge fears and, um, dangers and that sort of thing. So in some ways I am better off on my own. Um, but the, the symbolism of strength of, of divine empowerment, um, independence that she that Jill talked about already, but there's a there's a beauty to my authority. There is a there's a divine harmony to the respect um, that I uh, I want to say command in in other other species, um, and I don't take more than I need. Oh, that just gives me these chills. It's so beautiful. It is so beautiful. Wow. Um, oh my God, Jill. Wow. I, I mean, I, I, I think we're, um, our time is, um, yeah, we're just at 58 minutes and 46 seconds. <laughs> God, I, I, I just love, I love these, you know, opportunities. They're just, just so wonderful. And I'm just so honored, and, you know, to, to have these sharings with you. I just, Jill, they're just so helpful, and oh. I, I, I listen to them, you know, uh, over again because they're, they're so filled with um, love, and mm. you know, and I just want to thank you just so You're much so for, for sharing. And, oh, 
love you so much, brother. I, I mean, I love that. I love to hear that you listen to him again, because it, there is such a sense of, um, the vibration of what comes through for you feels so, uh, wonderfully familiar. It's very, um, it, even the level of conversation, it just, it, there's such a flow to it and a, I want to say a profoundness to it from my perspective, that it just feels good to know that these kind of conversations can be had in this world. Uh, certainly. I mean, like, and, you know, it's, I mean, it's just a consolidation of our previous discussions and, you know, your free offerings, which are many, you know, that help so many people and it sort of has a way of just upping, you know, the, the vibration and energy, which, you know, is just incredible. And yeah. I just love these opportunities. Thank you so much, Paul. I can't wait to see you in October oh God, in Zion. Yes. Oh my God, we are going to have such a fabulous time. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, uh, I love it that you're going to be in your camper and you're all got that zone B going on. And it's, I'm just so excited. <laughs> awesome. All right. Awesome. I love you, brother. Happy um, eclipse, happy solar eclipse. And we will talk again soon. And I can't wait to see you in October. Take care. Jill. I love, love you, you, Paul. Bye-bye. Bye now. Oh, Paul. I love you. There is <laughs> Oh, I love all the session work that I do, and I love what comes through in your sessions. I love how your team interacts with you. I love the, I love what they offer and how, anyway, I just, I just love it. So I, it's a treat for me too, and I wanted you to know that. Anyway, I love you. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye-bye.